Hello, everyone. This is the truth of the matter is. I am your host, Daniel, and I'm here with Jonathan. This is episode number 68. Speaking on behalf of myself and Jonathan, we appreciate everyone for listening in today. Before we begin, let's give a round of applause to all who decided to tune in today. This could be episode one in your book or 68 as a longtime listener. We thank you all and hope that you continue to press play at your own convenience. So before we get started, I just wanted to say, you know, how are you doing today? How's everything? I'm doing pretty well, actually. How are you? I'm doing well. Can't complain. Doing pretty well. All right. Anything so special happened throughout the week? No, not really. Week's been pretty neutral for me. Things have been pretty simple. Obviously, the weather is changing, so we're moving more to the hoodie weather now, which is, I would like to say, the summer went by a lot faster than I anticipated. I want to say summer was hot, but I don't think it was extremely hot. I mean, we've had some scorching, right? We've had 105, we've had 110. It's pretty, it's pretty hot, but not to the degree, at least, that I thought it was going to be. What do you think? Every day felt like misery, um, especially working in a warehouse. Mm. Every day felt miserable. So it, it always seemed hot. The the walk to the train station was hot. It was it was a very hot summer for me. Okay. I, I would have to empathize with you. I remember loading in trailers at UPS when it was hot and I also remember doing the same thing in the winter time man it was cold so I know exactly how you feel alright so Daniel that leads me to ask you a question how often do you pray I used to pray every day when I was in that warehouse but not on a serious <laughs> note <laughs> now I mean so pretty fairly consistently okay how many times day. in a day Usually twice. Okay, and what is it usually about? Um, it varies from day to day, but usually I just ask to make the lot the next twenty four hours the best that I possibly can make it. You know, to give me the opportunities, and I'll knock it down. Okay. And then um, you know, I go to sleep. Usually, if I don't wake up, you know. Let me go to the right spot. <laughs> I don't want to go below. So okay. So in For, religious you know, circles, and, yeah, yeah. yeah so in religious circles, we know that some pray three times, even more a day. And mm. just based upon my experience and how I pray, I pray and I thank God for waking me up in the morning. I pray when I eat. Do I eat? You know. Remember our prayer that Mom gave us. God is good. Oh, please not. God no, is great. We're not. We're not. I hear it too many Let times. Let us thank Him for our food. Oh, okay. In Jesus' name, Amen. Can I edit this out. Come on, Dan. <laughs> we even say the same thing for the dog, but she added on, "The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want." She says we, because he includes the dog, but that's included. And for me, if I'm out before I head out, I pray for protection and guidance over the car. And over myself. If I see someone in need or I help them out, I pray for them. 
if someone comes to me and like, hey, I'm going through these rough times, these rough issues, I'll pray for them. So I don't think there's a number. I think when people or situations present themselves, right? I believe it was in the book of James that says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So when people come and they request a prayer or they say, pray for me, I'm even in a Facebook group that they usually have people that come there and ask for prayer. Say, can you pray for my son? Can you pray for me? Can you pray for this opportunity that I have? Because I want this job. So prayer is very important. And we'll say that nationally, not just in a specific belief system that you have, but obviously praying to different gods when you look at that explicitly. But prayer is very important. So just wanted to see what are some of the reasons or when you pray. So before we get started with our text today, let's begin with prayer first and foremost. Like how I did that there. Let's begin with prayer first and foremost. Okay. Father God. <laughs> Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said any time two or three are gathered in your name. There you are in the midst. Lord, we come in agreement today to have a conversation about the power of prayer and why we shouldn't overlook the access we have to you at any time and at any place. Lord, I ask that after today's dialogue, people will be encouraged to pray intently and often. Touch all eyes to see, all ears and all minds to understand, especially all hearts to receive our suggestions today. In Jesus' name we pray, all in agreement, say amen. Amen. So last time we had a dialogue about prayer was when we did episode 19, praying through a biblical lens. Such a long time. For those who haven't listened yet, we encourage you to check it out in your own time. And we hope that it can be a blessing to you as it has been a blessing to us and I'm sure to some of our listeners. Before we go to our text for today, I want to inform our listeners of something about prayer. So for those who don't know, prayer is an opportunity that we all have with God free of charge. Now, just in case you were aware of it, it won't cost you a thing to talk to God. Another thing is you don't need any special requirements to have a conversation with God. That would mean no college degree or work experience. Okay. Prayer guarantees you personal access with God at any time and at any place. Having a heart-to-heart with God when you're ready is totally left up to you. So to be clear, you don't need to make an appointment. You don't need to schedule that appointment on the calendar. God is never too busy that he can't talk to you or hear you out about what's bothering you. You don't have to leave a message for God. It's from your lips to God's ears, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Here's something some people don't know that you can do in prayer. You can be open with God by sharing your thoughts, concerns, dreams, aspirations. There is nothing off the table. There's no limits. What prayer has the effects of doing is improving your thought life while reassuring your faith in God. When you pray, it's about elevating your mind to understand that it's all about what Jesus has already done 
not what he is currently doing, which means we must recognize the power of the cross and what has done for the sinner and those who have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We must not be remiss to acknowledge what he still and can do for the ungenerated soul who isn't saved but has the chance to be. To support that conclusion, I want to briefly go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. We're going to look at this in the NIV. What does it say, Daniel? For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Beautiful. So when you pray, it's about seeking strength from your inner being, because in moments the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The point is, when you pray, you just got to let it flow like a regular conversation that you're having with your family or your friends or your loved ones. Now that we have set the table for how powerful prayer can be, we need an example for that. So, we go to our text for today. Again, still in the Gospel Luke series, by the way. So, that's where we are going to begin. Let's go to the Gospel of Luke chapter 22, verse 39 through 46. And we're going to read this in the New King James Version. Daniel? Coming out, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down and prayed, and saying, Father, if, you, if it is your will, Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Raise and pray lest you enter into temptation. All right. So let's begin at verse 40. What does it say, Daniel? Jesus said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Okay. So like normal, we're going to define temptation. We're going to look at two definitions, Daniel. Definition one is the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. And two is a thing or course of action that attracts or tempts someone. So the first thing Jesus tells us in this context is when we feel like we are about to do something especially wrong or wise, we should pray. Let me say that again. The first thing Jesus tells us in this, t this context is when we feel like we are about to do something especially wrong or wise, we should pray. Again, prayer is free access to God. So when we pray it's about allowing us to see why what we are about to do is wrong. And therefore, we need to stop, think before we sin, or do something sinful. What we learn from the book of Hebrews is this. Daniel? And we're looking at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weaknesses and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human, 
in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Again, that's Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 in the Amplified Version. We also need to remember these two verses. Let's go to the book of James chapter 1. We're going to read verses 13 through 15 in the NLT. Daniel. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Very powerful. Very powerful. Mm. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and we're going to read this in the English Standard Version. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. The reason why Jesus is telling his disciples that includes us, because we are followers of Christ. And, the, and so, when we pray, part of praying is allowing us to get to the point that we shouldn't be tempted because our desires can get out of control and we see things we can't have and yet we pursue things with the wrong intent that includes crossing other people's boundaries an example of that is seeing a beautiful woman that's married and yet still pursuing them vice versa we can say a woman seeing a, a handsome man and yet still pursuing them your desires will still remain and therefore with those desires if it's not grounded with self-control you have yourself a problem the, the beautiful thing about jesus being our lord and savior and our god is that he's been there he's known the feeling the desires of that human beings have how many false gods who are really fallen angels can say they live the human life and know what it's like going through those things. Right? Only Jesus said. Right? Which is very unique. Right? Jesus leads us and he also warns us of the dangers of this world. We only know that there's one Jesus. And that's why we should be thankful and appreciative that he came down here and set the example. Without an example, then we don't have a standard. And with no standard, then we can't capitulate to an idea unless we know that someone has given us the blueprint. So in Hebrews, it tells us that Jesus became a little lower than the angels that would be humans to save the humanity as a long-term solution. So why did Jesus come? In one instance in the book of 1 John, he came to destroy the devil's work. Another instance is he came to show us that God is true. And if we remain in him, we will remain in the Father. He also came to provide an example. So we're going to go to verse 41, and this is what it tells us. Daniel. 
he withdrawn from them, and he knelt down and prayed. Now, so we learn in the book of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 5, verse 16, that Jesus often would slip away to the wilderness and pray in seclusion, which means lonely places, right? In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says in chapter 6, verse 6, that when you pray, Daniel, you should go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So what is Jesus hinting at? Well, prayer is personal. Thing, this is called devotion. Right? This is called devotional time. Sometimes we encourage people to do that on their own, which is why we have it at the end of the podcast episode before we close. We see that in verse 41 that he knelt, which is the reason why it's traditionally, it's a traditional practice, right? In most spaces to get on your knees and pray, your acknowledgement, your Lord and Savior is being done in reverence when you do that, right? Because we would like, we believe that God is above and we are below. So if he is above, then by you kneeling, you're showing appreciation, reverence, and it's basically a symbolic action. Okay. When we get to verse 42 and verse 43, anyone that has in the heart, anyone that's ever been scared or nervous knows Jesus' emotions right here. So as you read this, this is what it says. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. The mission that Jesus needed to complete in terms of the crucifixion would not be an easy one. To this day, I can't imagine myself completing that mission. How about you, Dan? When you look at what Jesus had to endure and what he actually did no. do, right? When he said, no. it is finished. <laughs> no. Can you imagine? <laughs> For this generation of people, no. right? Right? That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's, a tough, that's a tough thing. And I think sometimes we overlook what it took. We don't even know what it took, right? And we're going to get to something that showed his stress, right? So, now, let's get to verse 44. This is what Jesus said. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly than his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Hey, did you hear that? Sweating? Like blood? The nervous system in that predicament. Right? Jesus prayed even more. Why? Because even through the stress starting to get to him, he still needed to elevate his mind to understand what his body had to go through in order for sins to be forgiven. Blood had to be shed. Let's go to some verses for support, right? People need to understand that he was pierced. pierced. He was pierced for our transgressions. So we begin at Isaiah 54, verses 4 through 5 in the NIV, Daniel. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. 
yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Right, so let's go to Isaiah 53, verse 7. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth to complain or defend himself like a lamb that is led to slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before his shearers. So he did not open his mouth. So this next text is pretty deep. When we get into the book of Hebrews series, we will have to spend some time unpacking this. This text, we're going to read, we're only going to read Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22 in the Amplified Version for now. But this, put this down as a bookmark. We will get to it and go deep in regards to it. So Daniel. Under the law, almost everything is cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness, neither release from sin and its guilt, nor cancellation of the merit punishment. So sometimes we will have to see, we will have to get into this point at another time, right? However, the shedding of blood that Jesus did was to purify us from sin which is very important, right? It's very important. Now, to say it's important is an understanding because Jesus loves us so much, I'm not sure words can describe that love, right? He truly embodied love by giving his life at the expense of our sins to save us. And to think that prayer gave him the strength to walk that path I think we need to appreciate the power of prayer more often and stop overlooking what it can do for you in your time of need. If Jesus is telling us this, then the ultimate example of prayer we need to, we need to take into, into consideration. Now, Let's go to verse 45 and verse 46, Daniel. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So to conclude, the statement that caught me off guard and had me thinking was when he found them sleeping from sorrow. So the term sorrow is an interesting word choice here. What do we know about sorrow? Sorrow without question is more intense than the word sadness. Sadness isn't the correct term to use here. And sorrow implies that the feeling one has will last longer. The feeling one has will last longer. So if you're reading this text, you will notice that the disciples are concerned. And guess what? Life is so full of ups and downs. When we pray, We don't know what to expect and how things will turn out. But what prayer can do is give you an opportunity to express yourself. Take the moment to seriously allow God to hear your thoughts and feelings on things. We are his children. He cares about your well-being. The point is don't underestimate God's love. Be mindful of the fact that Jesus told us 
what we get in scripture, I be I believe, is not fully what Jesus was saying in that prayer. We don't really know to the degree everything he said in that prayer, right? But we do know with certainty that in that prayer, he was strengthened, right? So if we go to verse 43, it says, An angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, what do we have? That would be the Holy Spirit. He isn't just called the comfort for nothing. He isn't just called the helper for nothing either. He's those things for a reason. He ministers to you by reminding you of what you read. Again, if you're an avid reader of the Bible, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he reminds you of the things that you read in your devotional time, your study time, and then you utilize it to strengthen you, to bring you up. Okay? So again, he ministers to you by reminding you of what you read. He provides a sense of peace and reassurance in God. Right? In the book of Corinthians, it says that the Holy Spirit is a deposit for what's to come. Right? So this is a glimpse of what we can expect from God. The Holy Spirit provides that. The Holy Spirit in Christ is what gave him the strength and courage to die for us, right? We pray because sometimes we may not know what to say. But guess who intercedes for us? That would be the Holy Spirit. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 26 to 27 in the NIV, Daniel. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So God speaks all languages. Don't think he has no clue. He speaks crying. He speaks animal. He speaks silence. He speaks it all. The point is to give it all to God in prayer. The power of prayer is much more than just your language. It's every kind of communication you can think of. God knows it. Struggling with mental health? He covers that also. Let's go to, to the book, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 28 through 29. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find your rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 in the English Standard Version. It says, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Message Bible says, Casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with the deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. Don't for a second believe prayer is worthless. It's whatever you make it. Okay? Now we close with one of my favorite verses. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 7. In the NLT, what does it say, Daniel? I'm sure you've heard this all before. This is, like he said, one of his favorite verses. So you could probably say it with me if you're a long-time listener. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. 
keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be open to you yeah so again i want people to understand how powerful and how effective prayer can be right and i understand it takes a while for some people to understand how you should get started we encourage you to check out episode 19 because that's a potential blueprint to show you how you can pray we give you a step-to-step process or what you can include in your prayer and remember praying to god is a conversational way understand that he hears and knows all things one of my favorite things that he says is he knows what you need before you even ask him right he's aware of it however praying is helping you out tremendously more than you think and it will strengthen you it will strengthen you will feel better so this is something that we suggest and we hope that after today you will consider praying to jesus christ god and giving it an opportunity and a chance for him to speak to you and also read your word read your word okay so with that we go to devotional time when your words came i ate them they were my joy and my heart's delight that's out of jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16 in the niv version Eden is is often associated with the delight of learning and maiden. Eden is often associated with the delight of learning and meditating on the words of God. Jeremiah actively sought God's direction and relied on him. Receiving God's words brought him joy and delight, leaving him content as if he just ate a meal. Just as it can be hard to wait for a meal, It can also be challenging to wait on God with your prayers. Imagine someone who has patiently waited for a meal at a restaurant. When the food arrives, it's beyond his wildest expectations, and he savors each bite. Moreover, God's word to you is life given for others as well. You can share what you receive with others so that they can also delight in God. Patiently waiting on him takes faith and trust that he will bring you the meal you long for there's nothing that can restore you like the presence of god are you eagerly awaiting each day leaving room for god to feed you something to think about right but here's a prayer that should get you through the week thank you for your word oh god thank you that it gives me life may meditating on the scriptures bring me more before your throne today and in jesus name we say Amen. Amen.